Welcome to episode 102 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and this week I am joined by the Empress of Stardew Valley, Christine. Hello, Christine. How are you this fine evening? I'm doing swell. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great, you know? It's a, it's a good week. we got some great games coming out tomorrow. We're recording this Thursday, so it's a big day for games, and honestly, the, the rest of the year is packed, too. And this week, joined by a very special guest, one Alex Felker. How are you doing this lovely evening, Alex? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad we were able to um, overcome the technical difficulties and actually get oh, yes. into talking about games. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So background before we were trying to do this because Alex and I met at PAX West and we, we've been in contact for a little while now. I know we've been following each other on Twitter for a while. And because you and Manny did a podcast episode for your old podcast many moons ago. So I'll let you get into that when you introduce yourself. But I figure I was like, all right, we got this guest lined up. It's going to be a fun show. And then all of a sudden, just all types of mic issues. And come to find out, it was solved by switching what USB port I had it in because that's how computers work. Exactly. Fuck that. It was haunted, <laughs> all right? It, it was. Yeah, it's, it's in the spirit of the episodes. We got a lot of spooky things to talk about. But before we get into that, Alex, let the lovely listeners of the Plus One Player Podcast know a little bit about yourself uh, what you've done, because I know you, you've done some podcasts in the past, and just some what are your interests are. And also, like we always ask some of our guests, what are a couple of your favorite games of all time? Yeah, okay. Um, man, that last one's a loaded question. Uh, it is. It is. <laughs> so, we ask the tough questions here. Yeah, hey, uh, so my name's Alex. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, at Alex to the Andrew. Uh, I used to run a podcast called uh, The Superb Al Podcast, uh, where I, I, I tried to talk more about the importance of understanding what failure is and how that you know really drives to success with uh you know with successful people and even with people who are like you know kind of just coasting through life in some ways mm-hmm. um and prior to that i did a podcast with a good friend of mine uh, uh called 16-bit era we released about five six episodes and it just it was a it was a time in life when we weren't ready for that um but actually Ironically, I'm um, starting up another podcast. Uh, this nice. uh, God, probably Sunday, I think, is when we're recording, so that'll come out this coming week. Uh, but it's called um, Talking Through the Seasons or Through Seasons. I forget what I named my own podcast. I'm on top of it. <laughs> uh, but it's a uh, it's a podcast about my very first time through The Last of Us, seven years late. Uh, and awesome. my uh, and my co-host is my good friend who I did 16-bit era with. Uh, and it's his favorite game of all time. So he's played it numerous times. So it's going to be a really fun thing. We're going to talk about, you know, each phase of that game and, and just really kind of dive into it. And so I, I'm really excited for it. I love talking to him. So it's going to be a lot of fun to really have like a, a subject to focus on, which we'll definitely go off on tangents about. So yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's an easy game to go on tangents about. I, I've is. been known it to is. do that myself. I mean, it might happen tonight with tonight's topic. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will indeed. Um, yeah, and then, okay, so my favorite games of all time. Uh, one of them is going to be Tales of Symphonia. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a huge JRPG nerd. I play, oh, nice. and so I've, I, I think I've played that game to completion like maybe 16 times. Um, wow. So it's That's definitely good. one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I don't have another. I just, I love games, um, and so I love experiences, but I'd say probably one of my favorite games of the past, like, 10 years has got to be like a tie between God of War 2018 and Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Last year was a very good year for gaming. It was a <laughs> phenomenal year. Yeah, so I can I can relate with those. So that's awesome. I'm glad that you're back in the podcasting game, especially with such a great subject like The Last of Us. And thanks again for joining us. I'm actually yes. really excited to get into some spooky topics with the both of you tonight. And like, because I I've seen your your tweets on your trail through The Last of Us, so I've been oh, very yeah. much looking forward to hearing some thoughts on that. So I know with the topic at hand, where we're really getting into just the horror genre in general, just talking about you know what draws us into it, what games do things well, and what are some of our, our go-to horror games that we'd recommend to other folks out there. And so I imagine The Last of Us might come up there, because there are some, uh, some pretty scary moments, those clickers. There are, there are, <laughs> yes, Don't indeed. like those, that's for sure. So indeed. I am looking forward to the chat that we're about to get into, but before we get into all that, we do have to keep the house clean. So, as always, follow us on social media at Plus One Player on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Plus the Number One Player. Go check us out on Facebook. And, of course, you need to go to the website. That's PlusOnePlayer.com. There you'll get all of our content, but you'll get links to our Discord, which is a wonderful community. We have great conversations all the time. We'd love to have you, unless, of course, you're racist, in which case I don't want to talk about horror things with you. But you can go get chased down by Freddy, Michael, all the other all the other cats. Just, just They're going to take you out. Because you're racist and you suck. And after all that, if you've enjoyed hanging out in the Discord, if you enjoy the content, go on over to patreon.com slash plus one player if you're feeling generous. Throw us a buck or two. Every dollar you give us goes right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. We have an amazing group of supporters, and it's the last episode of the month, so we're giving them all a shout-out at the end of the episode, so stay tuned for that. And of course, can't finish up housekeeping without mentioning the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands. So if you want some amazing nerdy gear, go check out nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. There you'll get all of your rad nerdy apparel needs. And like I said, they got the beanies. And I keep plugging it, but guess what? Winter's coming, and you're going to need a beanie. And especially, like, PAX East badges just went on sale today. You people want to come to Boston at the end of February for PAX East? Guess what you're going to need? A fucking beanie. So go to nerdiestbrands.com, go buy yourself a cool beanie, use the code plus one discount. that's plus the number one discount at checkout, and you're going to get 15% off your order. So go check them out. They're a great group. And with that, the house is clean. We're on to episode 102. We're steamrolling through these. And so, like I said, we got a horror-themed episode in the spirit of Halloween, because Halloween is right around the corner. And before we get into the topic of talking about some of the, the horror games that really draw us in, what about those games is so enticing, before we get into that, I kind of wanted to open it up with a quick question to you guys. Sure. A little hypothetical here. Oh, oh. shoot. Oh, no. I hate this. <laughs> so, of all of like the horror movie serial killers out there, which one would you least want on your tail hunting you down so which ones do you think you might be able to maneuver away from but which one of those serial killers or horror movie villains which one would you not want hunting you down oh hannibal lecter oh that's a good one yeah he'd eat you no no not that he'd eat me he's like okay so like all right you got jason you got freddie you got like these slasher types they're stupid they're dumb as okay. fucking rocks. Like they're <laughs> not true. that dumb, but they're dumb. They're they're, they're you know, they're the brute force. They're going to like they're going to cut you up. They're going to break you in half with their hands with no no issues. So you just got to make sure that you don't get, you know, touched by them. Hannibal Lecter <laughs> will not only fuck you up by cutting you up and trying to eat you. He will like psychologically, he knows what he's trying to do. He's a smart motherfucker. He's going to eat true. you, but before he does that, he's going to fuck with you a little. And I respect it. So as yeah, much I as mean, I wouldn't want to die 
that way, I have to respect that that if if that's the way I'm going out, that's the way I'm going out. All right, that's a good one. I honestly was not even thinking of Hannibal Lecter and all this. So you yeah. not only brought him to my attention for this theory, but uh, you brought up a really compelling argument in favor of him. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, try. No, true. <laughs> what about you, Christine? Um, I would say probably like Pennywise. He's pretty scared of me. I don't oh, like clowns yeah. in general. <laughs> um, and for him to like be able to prey upon like your fears very easily, you know. It's a little too easy to get me startled or frightened. Um, definitely watching the reboot in the theaters for both chapters, I was like the whole time very anxious. So really yeah. don't like him, that's for sure. Clouds yeah. suck. Yeah, that, <laughs> they do. That, I, I got to agree. And with him being like some eldritch god, that's that's yeah. equally, yeah. Oof. yeah. Yeah, so he's a clown with mystical powers who just wants to yeah. literally, also, again, eating people. A lot of eating going on with these these killers. And Bill Skarsgård's eyes just do that. Like that's mm. yeah, scary. it was. That's not CGI. <laughs> no, it was. No. It was terrifying. He does a good job. Oh, which I mean, I guess fantastic. I guess the one I would have to, I, I'm most afraid of, and not really afraid of, but the one I'd least want to have coming after me. It's probably Freddy for the sense that like. Mm-hmm. I like to sleep, you know? I need my Same. sleep. And <laughs> the fact that, like, you can't sleep with this guy, then you get sleep-deprived, so you're all screwed up, and then you risk doing other things, like crashing your car because you're driving all sleep-deprived. I don't know. I, I need my eight hours. I'm not a coffee drinker, so I'm not big on, like, caffeine or anything. So, like, I need a good night's sleep, and if, if that guy is going to fuck with it, like, he's the one I don't want messing with me. Like, Jason, I'll outrun him. Michael Myers, same thing. I'll outrun him. Or I'll just be like, look, it's Lori. And then he'll be like, oh, shit, I'm going after her. Because, <laughs> like, he, again, like you said, Alex, he, they're dumb. So, like, there's ways around them. Like, Freddy, I don't think Freddy's, like, that dumb. I think he is very egotistical so yeah. like he has like his pride that that's what gets in the way but he's very good at screwing with you in your dreams and like that's his home and so like if i can't sleep then what's what, what's it all for like i'm just gonna be walking through life a zombie that's not fun yeah he's my he was my second pick because i too love to sleep yeah you gotta do it it's it's essential to life <laughs> and so like yeah if i can't sleep you might as well just fucking kill me so yeah freddie have at it but yeah i wouldn't want him hunting me down because you know he has all the power in dream world and mm-hmm. i really just want to go to sleep and like have some dreams that's all i want <laughs> i don't want him hunting me down he is kind of funny though so i'll give him credit yeah. he has some good jokes i do he's got a nice sweater <laughs> I love his sweater. <laughs> it's a yeah, no, sweater. his his sweater is a it, it's a fashion statement. I got to give him props for that. Yeah, and he had the fedora. Like he was rocking the fedora before all like the hipsters started rocking him. So, no, like, no, no hipsters. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. He that that was the Freddy fedora. He knew what he was doing. He did. So that that was a fun little way to get this conversation onto the the spooky vibe. And so I guess I kind of want to start it off with a basic. What is it about these horror games that you all like so much? Like, why would you go and actually put yourself through some of that? Because some of them are pretty terrifying. And because I'm the same way, I love these games. And so I think it's fun to talk about, like, what is about these that keeps drawing us into just having the shit scared out of us? So, uh, Christine, what's some of the things that kind of really jump out to you that when you're looking for these types of game, what would make you actually want to put it in and actually start playing? I say put it in like we're using (laughs) discs and things now. Now, what what makes you download a game? (laughs) Uh, So for me in general, fear and being scared has always been a very communal experience. Like 
my friends and I, we have horror game nights together. We go see scary movies together. Like, it's always a communal thing. So I try to look for a game that I know, like, I can either stream or people can watch and, like, basically, like, play along with me or that I know my group of friends will like to play because I cannot play them by myself. It is too much. Okay. It's too much. I'm a baby. Um, <laughs> second, I try to look for stuff that appeals to, like, my personal sense. I really like psychological horrors. Like, slashers are, like, you know, I enjoy the movies but not so much games. Um or th- or games that play almost like a movie, like for example, and I'm sure this got brought up again until dawn, because that's yep. again a communal game, and it's like so like it just fucks with you in the best of ways, and it's got like a bit of that supernatural aspect and things like mm. that that I also very much enjoy. Nice. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I kind of have to agree. Um, I'm actually uh, to an extent. I, I agree with the, the whole communal aspect, but I'm actually not a huge horror fan. I like the psychological aspects. That's why I mainly mm. brought up Hannibal Lecter. Like those mm. are the horror movies I'll watch. Like I guess Shutter Island, if you call that like horror. I, mm. I, I prefer things like one of my favorite horror games elements. is Eternal Darkness. It's not like a it's not a scary game, it's not a jump scare, it's not a slasher game, but it's a game that will like fuck with your mind. It is it yep. is um I mean, that's that's the only way I can describe it. And so for me, like, it's not necessarily it's either existential dread or it's something that's going to make me think about it far after I'm done with it. So I look in, in that example, you know, The Last of Us is a great one because that's not so much the fear of like, I'm not afraid in The Last of Us because, you know, the the um you know the the fungus that has created all these clickers i'm afraid of what humanity is going to do in that situation not necessarily yeah i'm afraid of the humans more than i am afraid of the clickers because that point they're just a primal force less so than a human right. and so that to me is more fear inducing and the as i say it too i'm like Ooh, that's an s that's like an at assholeish esoteric thing to say but <laughs> it, it, it really is what like appeals to me and so for me, that's more what I what I gravitate to. Um, and that's not to say that like a game like RE seven isn't a lot of fun. Like I watched uh, I watched that get played by a friend and then so I wanted to see what it was like in VR. So I watched someone play through it in VR as well. But for me, um, as someone who has like extreme arachnophobia, I generally have to like avoid a lot of horror just because like a big trope is like, let's throw a spider at someone. And I'm like, yeah, you could not. That'd be okay. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be cool if you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. For, for some of the things that I look for, cause like for, for me, for horror in video games and in like film and TV, I have a pretty wide variety of the things that I do enjoy. Like for something like Until Dawn, why I like that so much is because it was so campy. Like it was just the the total like B movie horror from like the eighties. Like it had all the tropes. It had you know the popular girl. It had the jock. It had the rich kid, and then it had like the bad boy. So like it had all those tropes that we know and like have grown to accept in the horror genre, but they just did it so well. And so I enjoy that because I enjoy having the laughs, but I, I still like something that's going to give me a jump scare. I haven't, like, I haven't played until dawn. Like that's something I need really? to oh, play. Yeah. So good. Oh Fantastic. man. That one is one of my favorite. It's not even like a horror game. It's just one of my favorite games. Like it's so good. It was a PS so, yeah, plus game. Wasn't it at one point? It was. Yes. yes. Sorry. Right. And then I should have it in my library. Then, I, I yeah, because like I'm the same that. way. Like I, as if it's free, I just I add it to the library. Right, but maybe I'll right. get to this somewhere. It's fantastic. 
Okay. It's uh, it's really is just it's it, like Christine was saying. That's one of those ones that if you can play it in a group, it's fantastic because right. like passing the sticks back and forth, like maybe one person controls one of the characters and yeah, someone that's it what switches. We did. Yeah, it's awesome. And okay. they so did game, um they did Man of Medan too, which just came out. Yeah. Not too long ago, oh, which was also yeah, pretty I good. S- yeah. I, I saw that. I saw that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That one but and Blair Dawn Witch is, is still on my list. Yeah, Blair Witch is pretty good from what I've played so far as well. But I've heard good things about that too. Yeah. Yeah, Very I snagged cool. that with Games Pass, so that one's on yes. the list because uh, that that brings me into like my next point about horror is that like I really enjoy the first person horror games, like mm-hmm. Blair Witch is that, and so that's what intrigued me about it. So I played a little bit of it at PAX West when I had the demo, but I didn't want to spend too much time because I knew it was coming out. So I was like, all right, I don't want to you know waste too much time with Blair Witch here, mm-hmm. but like playing that little bit, I can see that there's some seeds there for like a, a fun horror game. And then uh, a game I always kind of fall back to is Outlast because the, the yeah. beauty of that one was it's all you are is just running through that asylum with a camera. And like that is your lifeline. Like if the, that battery runs out, you can't see. And so <laughs> I just loved the like you couldn't fight back. So like if you get seen or if that if the if the beasts start chasing you, like you literally just have to run and hide and wait it out. And so there's those tense moments where it's like you get the jump scare and then like the heart's racing as you're running to try to find some cover you hide under a bed and you just wait there and like you hear the footprints and you like look and you see them coming out and then you try to peek out and there he is again it's like oh man some of those moments were just so terrifying that it, it like it made me keep wanting to play because i was just like even though my heart was like beating out of my chest because that's a, at the same time like you need to have headphones for like that type of game oh yeah so that way you can hear like every little thing but i love just that non-stop tension of you don't know what's about to jump around the corner and so I think first-person games have that advantage over third-person just because yeah. you can never right. really see behind you, and I think that adds something to the horror genre in general. I agree. I think first-person in horror is like the ideal way to do it. I think what's really funny for me is I, I'm not a huge first-person fan. Like even like for example, is like I was kind of bummed when um, Cyberpunk was announced to be entirely first-person because uh, for me the field of view is really hard. Like I feel claustrophobic. And, yeah, and that's I can see that. like I I I I'm not trying to tell them that they did the wrong thing. I'm just trying to say, like if, for me, that's a personal um a personal preference. Yeah, still gonna play the hell out of that game because it's gonna be yeah. good. <laughs> um, but one of the things is where I completely like kind of flip flop on that is if I am playing something like psychological or like you know kind of spooky, I do want it to be that way. Um, I feel like one of the only places where they actually masterfully created a world where um that's not necessarily the case is the last of us because basically i think the the um because i think when you get into third person games generally there's this power fantasy because you don't truly feel like that person right in first person games i mean like i'm speaking with absolutely no expertise here so uh in first (laughs) in first person games though it truly you feel like that you're that person so if you're powerless it feels a little easier to feel powerless right because well for the most part if I was in that situation, I'd be super fucked. They're fucked. I'm super fucked. But in a third person perspective, realistically, for the most part, it's a power fantasy because you're not truly that person. You are to yeah. an extent, but like it's a power fantasy. But one of the things I love about The Last of Us is it's not like Joel is like fucked if he gets touched by a clicker, like which I think is so great because yeah. um, and like I have my, my, my gripes with the combat system there, but I love the the threat of the world that for for me what is 
what is great is that the humans are more threatening because they have more ways to attack from distance but yep. the clickers and the and nature in that world is even more threatening because it's just overpowering it shows how much it shows what we how fragile we are as humans mm-hmm. yeah i totally see that yeah i think one of my favorite like aspects in horror games that some like games do really well is like that feeling of helplessness like you mm. steve you brought up outlast that's one of like the perfect that's probably it that's like my probably my top horror game um i watched matt o play it because i was like way too scared but <laughs> uh you know the whole experience it would it was so scary because all you have is that camera to like help you see things and you're getting chased and you have to hide it's like you can't fight back Resident Evil 7 did that really well up to a certain point. I think after, like, the first, like, half or maybe, like, three quarters of the game, it stopped being scary to me. Because, like, oh, I have a flamethrower now. Like, what's so scary? (laughs) You have a flamethrower and, like, a shotgun and, like, a rocket launcher. And you're like, um, these disembodied hands are going to fuck shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it's not that, like, it was very scary for a while. And I'm like, okay, once you start giving me ways to defend myself, like, it's not like whatever it's fine exactly like doom is not a scary game even though the monsters are scary looking because you have like all these weapons and it's just like you're punching them in the face and killing them exactly yeah um but that is like one of my biggest things i think that makes a horror game a real horror game is that it's like you know you're not like some like super cool hero that's got all the weapons and it's, he's gonna go super sane and kill everything it's like no like right. you're just a regular joe you don't have anything to help you you're kind of fucked if you get caught or whatnot top yeah. notch yeah i think one of the the older examples i could pull back is like the original resident evil and resident evil 2 because you had that kind of feeling just because there were plenty of times in that game just by the save feature alone where you needed to have the ink ribbon you needed to find the typewriter and you need to that's how you could save your games but mm-hmm. there were many times in that game even in the remake where i felt in certain areas that I did not have enough ammo for what I was trying to do because you still have like the inventory management. So that added little wrinkle provided so much additional strategy, especially once you started to like modify your weapons, when you would, you would unlock certain pieces because then all of a sudden it takes up like two spots in your inventory. And it's just like, well, do I really need like that weapon (laughs) right now? And, and that's again because you can't just change your weapons on the fly. You have to find a, a chest in a certain area to open that chest and then be able to go into your loadout. So I think while Resident Evil doesn't have like the full sense of helplessness, I think that like that survival aspect that does kind of put a little bit more tension on the player because you're you're constantly thinking about that in the back of your head. You're like. I got 12 handgun bullets and I have three shotgun shells and I have one grenade launcher round and I have to go fight a clicker in that room. Mm-hmm. What am I going to use first? You know, <laughs> which, which gun am I going to try to like use the least? <laughs> right. And one thing I will say, so like, I, I think this segue is really good into like, uh, into, to talk about like the last of us. Um, and I, I guess what I'd love to know is for both of you, how did you feel about the combat in the last of us? Yeah. I don't know. I it's been a while since I I've only played it once, and it was like when I first it was like over a year ago. Okay. Um, I also played it on easy because I'm a baby. So I did I, too. For and, yeah, and I'll get okay. into that. That that's okay. totally fine. Never feel bad for. Uh, okay, first off, <laughs> never feel bad for playing on easy. If, if that's oh, what yeah. you got to do, that's what you got to do. Um, yeah. I felt nothing for for turning it down, and but 
What what did you think? So I tried not to fight most of the time. Like I usually try to do the stealth aspect because I just think it's easier and it's more fun. Um, there were times where I was like, oh my god, like I'm not gonna make it out of this alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, somehow pulled it off. Maybe it's because I just had enough resources, but it was kind of like, I guess clunky a little. But I don't know. Yeah, I definitely did the stealth aspect more, so it, I didn't really get into too much of the combat because i was like oh my god i'm gonna die i can't do it yeah i'm the same way like i as much as i could i would do stealth and i would try to use like traps and kind of throw the uh the explosive grenade that had all like the nails in it like the the makeshift grenade you can make mostly because and i i went into it expecting like clunky combat because naturally after playing uncharted for so many years i kind of had an idea what naughty naughty dog there it is could do with the combat I will say it was better than the Uncharted combat for sure. I still oh, think Uncharted there were plenty combat. of moments. Oh, yeah, it. Bad. Oh man, if you if you try to play Uncharted one right now, it is oh, so well, yeah, bad. Yeah. Okay, 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 it's so bad. But yeah, yeah. no, the, like, it, it got way better. Like Uncharted between Uncharted one and four, it, it got just moons better. But anyway, for The Last of Us, I thought that the, it was okay. Like the range combat wasn't bad. Once I got like a couple of range weapons, it got a little bit better. However, sometimes in that, like, up close, the camera could kind of get a little fucky. And so, like, you'd be trying to move, and then all of a sudden you get jumped by a clicker just because, like, the camera got hung up. So, like, yes, sometimes that with that. Yeah, so, like, sometimes with that kind of kind of bummed me out. Yep. I, it does look like the, the new one's going to be a whole lot smoother, so I, I have my high hopes on that one. But, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was better than we saw in Uncharted, but I definitely think that there was room for improvement. Oh, yeah. And that's so like what I was getting into is like I turned it down to easy because I needed the so it wasn't necessarily the um, the the combat and like so I've never actually minded Uncharted's combat, which probably says something about me as a gamer. I don't know. I actually thought it was okay. <laughs> always. I always have. I thought Uncharted 4 was really good. Um, Uncharted 4 was was like definitely the best of the right. series. Uncharted Obviously, 4 was really good. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that like annoyed me regarding um, The Last of Us was the weapon sway. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm okay with weapon sway and with like you know bullet trajectory. Love it. It's great, especially in like Battlefield or something like that. Um, but what was annoying is that they limit your ammo and they put this aggressive weapon sway on. And then they put you in situations where you're usually trying to take one shot and have a one shot kill scenario and you miss and you're like, well, let me let me reload this quick save because otherwise I'm fucked. Yep. So (laughs) no, I feel that for me, what was frustrating is that sometimes I felt the combat pulled me out of the game in terms of a I'm scared situation to a I just want to like break this game apart and be like, (laughs) this is bad. Don't do this. Um because I think that it was an artificial dif- difficulty in terms of like it broke the the flow of the game for me to be like I I want to feel challenged I want to feel you know in control of the situation to the point where the character lets me be in control and the impression and I don't know if maybe I miss this but was Joel like a former like uh, military I don't think he was military I know I think he was like I feel like he was portrayed as, like, some blue-collar guy. Like, I think that yeah. was just, like, his yeah. background. I don't believe he was military, though. Because, like, to me, the, the impression I got was that he was a good shot. So to go from, like, where, you know, you're led up to this idea of, like, Joel's a really good smuggler. He's 
able to handle himself. He's he's good at doing all these things. And then you get into a combat situation and you're like shooting wildly like a person who's never shot a gun before. It breaks the <laughs> it breaks the like the the immersion factor for me. And that's not to say I feel like, that that's like if I were to give this game a score, which I, I don't think is fair, especially seven years after it came out, I would still <laughs> give it like a nine point five out of ten. That that would be my like you know that would be my only gripe. Otherwise, I think it's pretty much flawless. And uh, and like for me, I I really enjoyed the fact that the game pretty much forced you into stealth situations. And for a team that really had never done something that was stealth other than shimmying across the wall and, and doing some climbing things for the most part yeah. it was really good and i was really impressed and i liked the way that they did it i love the focus mechanic like Correct. that was yeah. that was that was fantastic i love the way they added that in because you need something like that in a stealth game like i go back to like metal gear solid where i always had the radar and then like with batman you have the the, the detective vision right and then even with like spider-man you have like certain things that you can do to kind of like scan and see where people are so right i feel like if, if you're going a stealth route you need something like that but that kind of brings up a good question the way you were talking about the last of us there how important in in terms of these horror games do you think that like the having no breaks in that immersion is because i feel like with a horror genre it can almost be more important than say like an action adventure type game because I think the biggest thing horror has for it is you're putting yourself in, in that person's shoes and like you're feeling like that person. So you're feeling what they're feeling. And so like you said, where all of a sudden the combat kind of takes you out of that immersion. I feel like that has a, a negative effect on it. So how would you say that horror games are more reliant on that immersion factor? Yeah, I, I would think so. I, I And to me, like, um, one of the examples and one question I, I, I had was you had talked about uh, Outlast Outlast right yes. yeah and Blair yes. Witch is are those made by the same developer is Blair Witch a continuation from like or like because that to me they just look so visually like similar not to say I'm mm -hmm. not trying to insinuate that if they are different they copied imitation is serious form of flattery that whole thing um, but <laughs> what's interesting to me is you look at that you look at um also alien isolation those are other games where yes being immersed in that game is so important to the atmosphere to right so much so we we say like for another example of this which isn't a horror game but like what i think they did did masterfully in red dead is that you understood that you were going into this world and you were playing how this world wanted you to play and mm. the world was so much a part of that character, right? That the West was a part, was a character in Red Dead Redemption 2. Very much like yeah. how the atmosphere itself is a character within, you know, The Last of Us, within Alien Isolation, within Outlast, within Blair Witch. It is a part of this whole thing. It's something that you, it, it's, it's how the game exists and it's a part of this whole system. And so, especially within a horror genre where you're having to, where you know those jump scares are so important um, if that's what you're building to or you know that 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 sense of panic all of that is encompassed in this idea of like you are you are in this world so if the combat and how the combat functions if there is combat if that breaks you out of the world um, breaks the immersion so that you can change a weapon or something like that then to me, that does a disservice to the game. 
I totally hear that. And so before we get to Christine, your thoughts, just answering your question. So Outlast was made by developed by Red Barrels and Blair Witch was developed by Bloober Team. Okay. So separate developers. But I do understand they do have similar aesthetics there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Christine, your thoughts on immersion and how important it is for horror. Uh, for horror, you need immersion. It's hard to be scared when you're not fully into the like atmosphere scenario horror movies and think of like the soundtracks and the sets that they do it's the same thing with video games you need that tense music or maybe the the building viola or violin coming up like you can't be it's you can't be scared if it you're not into that setting like am i am i going to be scared sitting in my brightly lit room no because that i'm not immersed in a scary setting as soon as you turn the lights off and it's thundering outside i'm like "Mm, okay i'm a little scared right now (laughs) like it's you know it's all about like what it's making you feel and i think you know to jump back to alex's point about the first person like that's so essential to me for a horror game because like if you can see where everything is how it's like okay well oh i see it's over there oh so scary whereas when you're like oh my god you turn a corner like oh shit grandma's there in her wheelchair or something you know that's a lot more terrifying yeah yeah exactly because even like what has what has now become widely known as one of the best horror games, even though it's not a full game, the the PT, the mm. the Silent uh, yes. Hills playable trailer, F, like all F that to was, pay was I, I know <laughs> it's gonna be the greatest trick when Death Stranding ends with that woman just screaming at your face again. Oh, <laughs> it's been yeah. a, it's been this the whole time, but that I mean, you're just first person view. You're walking around this hall, and then all of a sudden, like things start to go a little bit weird, and then oh it God, has yeah. the big moment <laughs> so at the scary. end. And because of the fact that it puts you in that first person view, so you can't see anything behind you, and you get distracted because you're doing these little things, you're not really paying attention, and that is part of that immersive feel. Like, if I, I love the fact that I even look at a game like um, What Remains of Edith Finch, obviously not a horror game, but like that type of game where like you're just going around and kind of learning about this world and experiencing this world from these different characters' points of views. It's very easy to get lost in that because nothing breaks that immersion. You stay in like those character shoes for each of their little stories and you're staying within that universe. And so I like it when they're able to kind of seamlessly keep you within that universe. Like I think Until Dawn did it very well because there was never a mm-hmm. moment where you had to like double think uh, like what you were doing, you know? Right. You never had to like switch a weapon or like, oh, I got to craft this or I got to do that. And I will give The Last of Us credit in the sense that they're – in-game crafting system like the fact that the world was still moving around you while you were doing that i'll give them credit that did add to it because you had to pick your spots like oh i can't craft here because i'm surrounded i have to wait till i get a little a little reprieve right i i i I really like that i especially like that because it was also the i love the visual cue of it like he pulls his backpack off it's so it's so small oh yeah i remember that it's so good and he like sticks his hands in there and then he pulls it out like it's I, I really like that. I thought it was a really good um, kind of visual cue. And you're right. Like the world actually still moving. It was just like, I would be like, oh, sweet. I'm not, I'm out, I'm out of bombs. We're just going to run. <laughs> yeah. And so that keeps you in that immersion. But then, like you said, when all of a sudden, you know, Joel's been, he's been the way he has been for you that entire time. And all of a sudden you go to shoot a pistol and he's just like flailing all over the place so that can all of a sudden break that immersion because the combat's not really there and so i think like that's why a game like until dawn and a game like outlast works so well is because there were never those moments that you ever felt like 
your character that you were you were playing as wasn't doing what you'd expect them to do. And then I even look at a game like Hellblade, Son of a Sacrifice, where mm-hmm. that has tons of horror elements in it. Yeah. I mean, it's and again, it's raising awareness for mental health. But at the same time, it's it's kind of showing you that like some of those moments can can be scary. And so the the fact that you're never alone in that game, there's never there's never a moment oh of quiet. God. It's and just the scenery. The oh yeah, I, I need to play it's, that. I have yet to play. I have it on my computer. I keep forgetting. Oh, it's so good. It's like five hours, right? Oh yeah, it's a quick play. Okay, it's, I'll play it's it this another weekend one of those ones. I, I I need to play headphones. Through it. I've got headphones. Yeah, <laughs> We'll you got to do it. Yeah, okay. Because right, good call. that was another game because it had, you know, that the the audio design was nothing like I'd ever seen before. It had, you know, the 360 audio design where it's yeah. just going all around and then the scenery and the way that they shot that game where it was third person but it, it hugged her shoulders yeah. so tight. Right. It, and it so was... you never really could see behind you and so like with everything yeah, that was going on and it's like these supernatural beings that you're going up against those were moments where it was not only tense but it was genuinely terrifying because mm-hmm. you grow you grow attached to Sunua for sure and so all of a sudden like towards the end of it like you don't know what's happening and the mechanic that where if you die she gets like the rot climbing up her arm yes. and you can't Ugh. let it reach her chest so right. that just added another layer of like oh geez like I can't make that mistake again because I'm running out of chances here so I think that you can find horror elements in games that aren't necessarily classified as like a horror game because I, I right. wouldn't necessarily classify that as a horror game, but no. there's plenty of horror elements all throughout it, and, and it, they do a great job throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. Right. I Yeah, actually, that makes... Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I need to play that now that now that you mention it. Now, now that's 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 on my mind. I'll, I'll definitely... That, that's a recommendation for everybody. We've, we've talked about Hellblade, and it's... That's Fantastic. a must play, and it's like it's on everything now. I think right. it's on Switch too, from what I from what I recall. Oh yeah, but, it is. That's actually really so. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. That that was a good one. You know what? I haven't played through it all, but jumping back to combat mechanics, um, I think Dead Space is one where it's oh, another yes. one where you have like the combat mechanics, but it doesn't really take you out of the game, and it is third person. But there's always like you know you have those monsters where like you think they're dead. But like, if you gotta make sure you head stomp them other in case they like come back to life, and you can hear them like mm-hmm. skittering in the vents, and, like when they come out of the elevator on the walls. I think that's a really good example, the fir- at least the first one of a horror mm. game with combat done well, where it doesn't feel you're too overpowered or yeah, you're like getting taken out of it. Without a doubt, I think two is really good too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, I wonder if it's because, at least to me, Dead Space 1 still felt like it had those remnants of tank controls. So if you pulled mm-hmm. back, you walked backwards. If you pushed forward, you walked forward. But it still right. felt very tanky. And I think that that, as much as I hate tank controls, they truly, they still, to me, if I'm in a third person, they they still keep it grounded in the idea that you, you're like locked into like this character and you don't get that... And I think The Last of Us had sim like kind of tank controls. Like Joel did not move like the effortless, like nimble person that some people would expect him to to move. Like he he moved yeah. like he was forty years old. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little he was a little sluggish at times. He, he was a little stiff, but but yeah. he, he he got the job done. He did. <laughs> And he got the job done a little too much at the end there, but whatever, whatever. Well, that's a conversation <laughs> for 
another day. Yes. But in in terms of kind of like the whole immersive experience, I think that while the horror genre relies on it heavier than other genres, just because I think you lose a little bit if you're not fully invested because it's just, it's less likely that you'll be actually feeling those, you know, emotions of fear and terror. Mm-hmm. I, I still think the horror genre more often than not does that immersion. Well, I, oh, yes. I, it's very rare that I don't enjoy playing through a horror game or I don't feel those moments of terror or tension with the heart racing, a little bit of sweat on the brow so like it may be that I, I just know my tastes and I, I pick the ones that I know are going to appeal to those. But even still, like at this point, I played a pretty wide variety of horror games and I've never really been let down. And I think it's at this point, it's become a genre where I know I can fall back to it if, I, if I'm looking for, I guess, a good, exciting experience, because at the end of the day, that's really what horror is. It's exciting. It, it's making you feel these emotions. It's, it's making you think things like you said, Alex, where sometimes if it's the psychological genre and even using the example of Hellblade, it's making you think about different things and, and kind of see different perspectives. And I think that horror does that in ways that other genres can't. Like you said earlier about The Last of Us, how it made you kind of realize how frail humanity can be. And I think horror does that better than absolutely every genre because it's always dealing with the prevailing thought of death. And I think at the end of every horror experience, there's always that looming fear of death. You know, you get the sickle, you get the Grim Reaper. And I think that's just inherent with every single horror game that gets made, whether it's Until Dawn, whether it's Blair Witch, or whether it's Outlast or The Suffering from way back in the PS2 days. Oh, wow. That's a deep cut. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. We're going to do a little segment at the end of this where it's going to be a little recommendations if you have any. But before we get into that, with these horror games, can you think of any that you went into expecting to, to go one way and then they, they either let you down or perhaps they surprised you because maybe you thought, oh, this will just be kind of like a joke. This isn't going to scare me or anything. And it actually made you feel something. Yeah. Um, Outlast 2 really disappointed me. I didn't think it was that scary. I thought it was more gross and like mm. disturbing than anything else, which for some people may be more like horrifying. But, like I don't like um, like body horror stuff freaks me out, but it's not like I'll be like, oh my God, I'm like, thinking about that and i'm so scared it's just like oh it's fucking gross whatever yeah um a game that like surprised me not in terms of i didn't think it was going to scare me was the taiwanese game devotion which unfortunately you can't get on steam anymore because they made fun of some chinese politician called them winnie the pooh um but i i streamed that back over the summer when it first came out and like that game want to talk about immersion it wrapped me up so well like i was streaming like so into it my mom actually came in the room i was trying to get my attention like i thought i saw something but oh whatever i'm just freaked out because the game and all of a sudden i see a hand this close i was like holy shit holy shit (laughs) and and she scared the shit out of me i was like oh my god but um it really surprised me in that it had like a really strong message and like having to do with like themes of like families in like East Asian and Asian cultures and talking about like abuse and expectations. So it took like, there was plenty of really scary moments in that game, but it all had like a theme and a message in the end that like I walked away feeling scared from what I saw, but I was also very sad and like, wow, like that hit me in like an emotional 
way. I would right, love right. to recommend it, but you can't play it unless you bought it when it first came out. Oh, that's oh, that's it's the like worst. the yeah, that's like a PT yeah. thing right there. Yeah, I, yeah. like I regret deleting that off my hard yeah, drive. Yeah, me too. I gotta tell you. Yeah, I really regret that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I needed the space though. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> With Outlast, um, the second one, you said it was like it was it was body horror, right? It was it was just like grotesque. Was it was that what yeah. specifically? Did it still, was it that they went too far into the grotesque? Do you feel like if that wasn't there, it would still be scary? Or that grotesqueness was the crutch that held up that part of the game? Or that that that, that second iteration of the game? I think that they just focused too much on that. Like, the first one, you were pretty helpless. You're trapped in an asylum, which I think is like, like I know it's like a classic horror trope, but it, that always gets me like really bad because yeah. anything where it's got like really dark history or anything right. attached to it, it's sad. Like automatic, like that shit's haunted. Right. That shit's scary. Right. Regardless, <laughs> don't, I don't care. But like it was set in like a village and it had to do with like, a witch. It just wasn't like I was just like, oh wow, she's chasing us, but like it's not scary. And it was really gross and bloody. I'm like this. It, it just they I felt like they went too hard with that. I think if they pulled it back and did more of the elements from the first game, it would have been great. And the DLC for the first game was really good too. That was also terrifying. Um, so I don't know. I felt like they just relied. They felt like maybe the gross stuff would get the be like, wow, this is even worse, like scarier than the first game. It's like I don't know. I don't think yeah, that's really scary. The- yeah, because what was so intriguing about the first game is, like you said earlier, the helplessness. All you are is this reporter who's trying to, like, learn about this story, and all he's equipped with is a camera, and you need to have batteries to keep replenishing the camera so yeah. it stays on so you can see things. Mm-hmm. And so once it kind of goes away from that, it loses a little bit of the magic. And so I think that, I mean, that's a conversation for another day, sequels. <laughs> what do they mean? <laughs> That's another Sequels topic. So we'll, we'll we'll jot that one down for the the bank later on. But I because I think that with horror, it is you do run that risk of losing a little bit of steam. That's why I'm glad Supermassive didn't do you know until Dawn two. They're like, no, let's just do a new whole thing. new thing, right? Which is good because Until Dawn is perfect as is. Like it's a great standalone game. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. And then they were like, look, well, we want to say in the horror genre, let's tell some new stories. And so I'm glad when they do that, because like you said, with Outlast, you really run the risk because that was like a critically acclaimed game. Everybody loved it. It was I remember when that was first coming out, there was videos of people playing it for the first time with headphones on and like throwing their headphones in fear, like leaving the booth because they were so terrified. And so I remember when I first got my hands on it, I was like, yeah, this is this is a horror game. Like, this is awesome. And so it does suck when you end up seeing it kind of go a different way because they tweak things just because like they had a formula and it was almost like, you know what, let's try making something different. If you're going to do if you're going to do that, like don't make it outlast because outlast was something else. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I work in I I work in like uh, software development, analytics and stuff. Okay. yeah, they're like don't fix it if I am broke. I'm like, well, there goes my job. Um, <laughs> uh, w- okay, so what's really funny is we we talk about sequels because that's my big thing. Is like what's really interesting. What's always been interesting to me is somehow for four iterations, Resident Evil held it strong, and maybe that's because each one, mm-hmm. even though I had a numbered iteration and they were loosely connected, they really weren't right for the most part. Yeah, there was that underlying much. story, but like one and two felt very different even though they were in the same place uh you were uh, not really i'm sorry 
zero and okay never mind i'm an idiot one and two <laughs> felt really different uh three still felt really different i think three and two were more closely um developed and then four was so revolutionary right like yeah, what oh, yeah. A game. four was good five was the biggest fucking letdown i've ever played <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I remember. I remember when I played it. I was like, "This isn't Resident Evil." No, I was like, this like is, "It's just not." This is an action game, and like, don't get me wrong, yeah. it was a lot of fun to play through with a friend, and like, we did that, and like, I played. I, I think I only got like maybe f- like maybe three, four hours in, and I was like, "I'm, I'm done." I have another like yeah. I have a couple friends who played through the entire thing together, and they were like, "It was great." And but yeah, it wasn't Resident Evil, and like to see mm-hmm. that follow up from four. Yeah, so for me, that was the biggest letdown. I would honestly say, and like not to continuously like beat the dead horse, but I did just complete it on Sunday uh, for the first time. But The Last <laughs> of Us really surprised me, mainly because for me, one, I had been hyped up on this game for seven consecu- consecutive years. Um, yeah. And I wasn't expecting the horror element as much as I was expecting the you know post-apocalyptic element. I was expecting something more akin to um i would say even fallout than i more so than something akin to you know a resident evil type of game and the the horror really was in watching what humanity became um Mm -hmm. and that's what really surprised me and and granted to some people they're like well duh and i'm like well i didn't really follow the (laughs) game so fuck off um (laughs) and so but for me that's that was really surprising and 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 to me that was that was such a great moment and what was really fun was just being like yeah this definitely and to see a game that's seven years old and was released on you know last gen consoles and you know for for all intents and purposes still holds up really well it was really impressive oh, yeah. it performed way better on ps4 i played it mm-hmm. on ps3 and my god my system was chugging <laughs> Oh yeah. All right. Okay. That's fair. I did not. I did not experience that. So. Oh yeah. Because like, they made it like right at the end of the PS3 life cycle. So I mean, it played well, but it was it was basically like you could tell that that system was firing on every last cylinder it had. Oh, yeah. Like it was like we're pumping it out. Because then when I played it, the remaster on PS4, I was like, wow, it's so much fucking smoother. <laughs> like everything about this. Okay. Yeah. That's but it, great. But it, it, I guess in terms of, of things that have, I guess surprised me one that always sticks out to me because i don't always look at it as like a typical horror game but limbo oh like yeah. limbo yeah, limbo was yeah. just the aesthetic the mm. atmosphere and i remember we first started playing it was funny because like this was back in college and manny had told me and my roommate about it and one day he goes and downloads this one it was only on xbox i had a playstation he had an xbox so my roommate downloads it and like one day manny comes over and like the three of us like turn off the lights and we just start playing limbo together and it was just like the little jump scares that would happen when all of a sudden like the giant spider would just impale you it was like holy (laughs) shit and then you realize how morbid that game is and especially the end where you're like holy shit this literally is limbo like this guy is just going in circles and then um inside being their follow-up is just as much of a fuck if not more yes Yes. I watched Manny stream that, and there was I. It was one part where it was just like you're this amorphous like being that just keeps absorbing yeah. other beings, and it's it was the grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that was pretty fucked up. Yeah, gotta oh, yeah. applaud those devs because that's that's gotta be hard to uh, to come up with back to back. Yeah, intense, and like dark games like like that. we were saying, 
the the best thing about horror is like the the ones that stick with you, you know, the ones that you remember. And like those games, they fucking stick with right. you. Like once you play through Limbo, once you play through Inside, you do not forget your time with it no, at all. Not at all. So that one always Next. jumps out in like a non-traditional way because there are definitely it's definitely like a horror aesthetic with the the dark setting, you got the fog, the quiet little scenery where all you hear is like crickets chirping and like little animal sounds. So th- and then of course all of a sudden you roll down a hill into a punji pit and you're like, "Oh fuck, this is kind of scary." <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a terrible world he's living in. What a And so what a game. Yeah, that's a classic, and that's one I'm, I, I got. That's another one I'll never delete off my hard drive because, first of all, it takes up no space. Mm-hmm. But it's one that you could just pick up and play because it's a couple hours, and it's always fun to relive. Oh yeah. And so, I guess with that, before we we before we start winding things down, one last thing to bring up: Do y'all have any maybe obscure recommendations of horror games that you've played, or not even just horror genre games, but games that have those elements, like similar to like what we just talked about with Limbo? But what ones would you recommend that you think people might not have played? Uh, that might not have played. Well, um, Matt O played some of this on stream. It's called Home Sweet Home. It's another, I'm not sure which country. I want to say it's also Taiwan, but I could be totally wrong. So I apologize if that's the case. But very, very scary uh, game. Uh, and episode two just came out. So I know he's going to be getting it and playing it. It's on Steam. I'm not sure if it's on any other consoles, but highly recommend that one. Um, I mean, of, until dawn, we've talked about quite a lot. I highly recommend that. Man of Medan was also good. It's only thirty bucks. I think that's a fair price for the game. Um, and I was playing Palmyra Orphanage, which is set in like Soviet era um, in a orphanage. It's fucking terrifying <laughs> um i also recommend that one on steam hell yeah nice those all are about, all good i'm all about indie good horror games so yeah those are that, those are some good suggestions what about you alex do you have any to throw out yeah if you have a gamecube i'd look up eternal darkness it is a mind fuck <laughs> um but like i said that's that's an older game um more recent i would say based on probably what i've talked about thus far obviously a- alien isolation and then I would mm-hmm. look at a game called The Long Dark. Um, Ooh, it's okay. a survival exactly. game. Okay. It's it's like a true survival game. Like you have to eat, you have to cook, you have to do all this. Oh, okay. But it is Ooh, um, okay. it's really cool. It's got a beautiful aesthetic too. Art art style is Oh, it does look pretty. I'm looking so at it. So right great. Um I I haven't played through it mainly just cuz I don't have a I didn't have a computer that was good enough for it and but mm-hmm. I'm definitely I've watched a few let's plays of it and oof, I love it. Um, I, I, I love, I love seeing people go through, uh, go through that game. Um, I would say, you know, other than that, I, I would definitely say if you haven't for some reason played resident evil four, please play that. That is mm. still in my opinion, one of the best survival horror games of all time. Um, yeah. I, I would say that those are my, my recommendations probably not that like unknown but maybe the most of it is eternal darkness which is again a gamecube game so i understand why people (laughs) don't know it (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually gonna go kind of old school with mine because i i brought it up a little earlier was uh the suffering so that's a ps2 game but I didn't really dabble. I think they had the suffering too, but I didn't play that one because i that was one another one it's like do you really need a sequel for this game like the the first one was 
so stellar because you you take control of this you know ex-con or this convict who's basically accused of like murdering his whole family but you don't know what happened and so like as he's kind of in this asylum where he was basically be like about to be put to death all this hell breaks loose literally hell breaks loose and like the asylum gets taken over so they have this it's this crazy combination of psychological horror because you're dealing with this almost like split personality where you're, you can't really remember your past. You're trying to piece it all together. There are some really terrifying like moments with like the different beasts you encounter. Like there are some just really scary enemies that you have to nice. deal with. Like I remember that one of the common ones, and this is like a common enemy you see like running around. They have like these knives for feet and hands and they're just <laughs> running around on like these knife feet. Like oh, it's no. crazy. And so that coupled with some pretty chilling villains, like some of the villains that you encounter, like the, the actual humans involved in the mm-hmm. asylum, like the, they're well acted. It's, it's well written. And th- there's a few different endings. I think there were three different endings you could get with that game, which I thought was pretty cool at the time because it wasn't I, I wasn't expecting that when I was playing through that. And so that was really entertaining. And the, the sense, too, I think I played that. I must have played when I was like 13 or something. So I was much <laughs> younger when I was playing through that. So much easily scared. Yeah. So I, I that's one I'd love to play through again. I'm trying to see if I can snag a PS2 and a, a copy of it. But I always recommend if people can get their hands on the suffering, it's a really, really good game. Um, there are, I would say there are some combat issues at this point. It's probably going to feel a little dated, but <laughs> in, in that sense, like the game is still good. I will say there is one I want people to watch out for. And this is actually going back to PAX West when I had the interview with Pavel and that's world of horror. So I played through a demo of world of horror. And so this guy who's a Polish dentist and he, he decided to make this game in his free time, oh, he right. put, he put being a dentist on hold so he could finish making the game, but he did the entire game in Microsoft Paint, and like all the artwork is in Microsoft Paint. Oh, wow! So it's like a it's like black and white, but you can actually use like shaders, so you can change the color oh, to cool. different different color schemes, which is pretty cool. But it's all it's very much like a it's not like a full RPG, but it's very much like this point and click type of thing where it's oh, go, like, look, there's this thing over there. Do you want to inspect it? And, like, you click inspect it, and then it'll say, this is what you found, and, like, it'll open up these different things. But because he did it all in Microsoft Paint and he had all these different images he would use, you could go through the same story multiple times but see, like, different depictions of the characters you encounter. So the the terrifying creatures that might come up might look a little different on separate playthroughs, which I think is pretty cool. But it's got a really cool aesthetic, it's got a nice like chilling like kind of chiptoony soundtrack so that's one to keep an eye out i'm not i think it's coming out at the end of this year if not the end of this year beginning of next year but keep an eye out for world of horror and uh that is the recommendation portion i've got one more oh you got one more all right I do too, one more. actually we got two more <laughs> we got dishes sorry bioshock yes bioshock oh really City. Wait, how can you say, oh, really? I, I was expecting to be like, <laughs> how did you not think about that? Because I've, I've seen, so I've, in college, I watched my roommate play through the, the first one. You haven't played it? I can see, I haven't played oh, okay. it, no. All this right. is actually like a, a thing we've talked about on this, is I have all three of them on my PS3. I just fucking never turn on my PS3. <laughs> Please play it. But I, I That one is so I know, so good. I gotta do that. It's so good, but yes. Uh, so I watched him play through it, and I definitely see some horror elements Mostly with the kids because kids are just fucking creepy. Yeah, they are. You know, <laughs> like, they're just creepy. Yeah, they have they that are. vibe. Yeah, no. the The beginning so of that game that. is re- that the 
not to beat the 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 verbal dead horse here, but the atmosphere yeah. is just impeccable. Um, it's nice. so good. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I never really thought of it as a horror game, but I'll it have to it, when I finally do fire it up. I'll I'll look at it that way. <laughs> so my last recommendation: it's not like a horror game, and it's been brought before on the podcast. Return of the Oberdin. Oh yeah. It's like oh yes. Murder yes, mystery yes. game, but there's definitely aspects in there. Like when you see them, you're like, oh god, that's horrifying. That is disgusting. Yeah. Like oh my god. I think that just and came out on Switch, didn't it? It did. Okay. I cannot. Yep. I cannot recommend it enough. I wish I could like forget I played it, re-experience like, it all re- over again. Oh my, mm. yeah, because once you solve everything, you solved it. But okay. but like it is such a gem. It's so freaking good. Probably it's it's probably it's my second favorite indie game. Oh, Stardew wow. Valley will always be my first, but Return of the Oberdin. That's why you're the Empress. We can, yeah. make, <laughs> we, can we can then make you the Empress of Oberdin. <laughs> my 500 hours. Um, no. Overdin is it's fantastic. It does have some like spooky elements, so I really I can't recommend that enough. Yeah, that is one that I I still need to play. As I watched a little bit when Matto was streaming it months ago, I remember I watched a little bit and I, I loved the vibe, I loved the setting, loved the aesthetic. It's fantastic. But th- I had to stop myself from watching because I was like, I do see myself eventually playing this, and that's like you said, once you know it, it loses its magic. So I didn't want to know anything. And so now I've had so much time separated from the like the last I saw him play. So I think I'm safe to go back into it with a, a clean mind. But that Please. is one that's still on my list. Nice. <laughs> Please play it. It's fan- I'll, it's I'll, I'll definitely look at picking that up soon. Yeah, it's on everything now, too. I think it, mm-hmm. it came out on PS4 as well. Oh, wow. Yes. All right. And so with that, that has been a, a fantastic horror conversation because it is the spooky season, Halloween right around the corner. And so for all of you out there who are going to do some Halloween things, we hope – you have a great time, you're happy, you're safe, and you have some cool costumes. So we hope that uh, if you have any awesome video game costumes, give us a call, let us know. Or if you have any thoughts on the horror genre, maybe you have some favorite horror games that we did not cover tonight, give us a call at 347-509-5620. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on a future episode of the podcast. And so before we close out the show, we do have to give a nice little shout out to all of our wonderful Patreon supporters because every month they're here for us. And so the least we can do is give them a lovely shout out before this Halloween holiday. So, as always, thank you so much to the following wonderful human beings. Alex Mill, Bear Share on Twitch, by the way. Brian Christensen, <laughs> Carlos Fontes, Corey Porter, Darren Simmons Jr., David Campos, Derek Hauser, Ernesto Martinez... Evil Tim, Greg Kearney, Liz Rodriguez, Maria Dalal, Nerdiest Brands, Ria Maleski, Richard Bresnahan, a.k.a. Toot Loot Riot, who, by the way, I'm still doing a Death Stranding stream just for you, Toot. It's going to be a one-on-one stream, only you can watch it because I love you so much. Sandra, Tambo, Taryn, the better one, Martinez, and of course, the one and only FaZe. Thank you all so much for your support month in and month out. We really couldn't do this without all of you, so thank you so much. And so before we wind out episode 102, Alex, thank you again so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. And honestly, anytime you want to come back, the door is always open here at Plus One Player. We'd love to chat with you. But do you have any parting words for the wonderful listeners after your first experience on the podcast? Uh, No, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, I would just say be be good to one another. and yeah, thanks That's for thanks for having me. This is uh, this has been truly a joy. Um, really appreciate it. 
Of, of course. course. And so for all of you out there, we'll post Alex's Twitter. So you can go follow him on Twitter in the show notes. So go check that out. And when he starts recording this last of us podcast through the seasons, we'll be sure to share that with you all. So that way you guys can, can hear his full experience on the game. Cause I am very much looking forward to listening to that. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to do it. Yeah. It's my pinned tweet. So, uh, if you go to my profile, I'll at Alex to the Andrew, um, it, it's right there. It's up at the top. I think <laughs> I'll, I'll check and bet that, but yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. So thanks again for hanging out with us this lovely evening. It's been a great time. And so for all of you out there, if you've enjoyed this and if you want to be like one of those amazing Patreon supporters and get a shout out every month, think of heading on over to patreoncom slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because we'd love to have the support. It means the absolute world to us. And if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you go on whatever podcast service you listen to us on. Give us a like, write us a review, subscribe to us. It goes a long way. We really appreciate the support. But it is time to close out episode 102. We hope that you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you all very soon. 